0: How are you doing? Good evening. Good evening. Uh, welcome to season two, episode thirty of Lawfully Chaotic. Um, just let that set in. I know. Uh <laughs> wow, nobody's in chat tonight. Everybody must be watching football. It might be just be you and me talking to each other. Oh, that' right. It is Thursday night football, isn't it? It is, yes. Yeah. Um, but nonetheless, uh, for those of you watching after the fact, um, or those of you who might join chat, thank you for joining us tonight. you' uh, like I win we- this time. I finally beat three miles and, and Kurt into the, uh, into chat. Um, tonight we are going to be talking about, um, kind of the two ends of ends of the spectrum for a DM in terms of running a game. One is how do you get people, uh, or convince people? Well, let me start this way. So I was talking to a guy, um, subs have ads now. I don't know. Do they? Yeah, they do. We're not it's making Twitch. any money off of that shit.
1: I know Twitch is, but we're not. <laughs> um
0: I shouldn't do that to our to our platform. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, it used to be, you know, if you had a sub, you didn't uh, uh, you you weren't gonna experience ads, but you know, Twitch revenue's been on the steady decline for so long, which is one of the reasons why a year ago, I wanted to switch to YouTube because, to me, YouTube is kind of a, a, a better, stable platform. Oh, and certainly I know I'm never going to need to worry about monetization, and it's a lot easier for yeah. folks to get to the yeah. to the video library. Their hurdles
0: now for monetizing on YouTube are like, they're high hurdles. Yeah, their
1: thresholds are shit.
0: yeah yeah so anyway um sorry about the ads uh please buy my product or whatever product it is in the ad you see although i don't know what they are buy my ass cream designed to make your ass not itch ass cream (laughs) 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 locally chaotic sponsored by ass cream Uh, cream. anyway um so tonight's topic is um i was at my son's soccer game last weekend and uh started talking to one of the other parents and um he had said that uh, he tried playing D&D and it was the first time he had ever played. He, he had just heard of the game and they tried to um, uh, get um, one of their other friends to DM and, and they, they had a real struggle is what it is. So we started, you know, we started talking. It got me thinking uh, of maybe we talk again about how to address um, completely brand new players like, oh, I've heard of D&D, but I've never played and I've always wanted to. Um, but when I, and this is what I hear a lot, but I don't know how to play role-playing games. It's hard. You know, how do you learn? Um, right. so how would the DM do you ease people into at least trying it? And then conversely, uh, as a DM, how do you keep veteran players and high level who have high-level characters 18 19 20 how do you keep them engaged and challenged uh which can sometimes be a challenge so that's what we'll be talking about tonight um jason uh good to see you again yeah back from um, break yeah uh how was your break
1: uh it was pretty good yeah. um pretty eventful uh went to an event and <clears throat> ran the merchant booth so we we did pretty well um probably one of our better events we've done in a, in quite a few um Quite a few years um and then came back fully refreshed and ready to go it was nice to i didn't run any games i didn't do anything i just you know nice. got to just have a seven day camping trip that was um fully immersive for me and like my sca stuff that i like to do and mm-hmm. the medieval reenactment stuff that we do and uh got to see a whole bunch of people that i don't get to see but maybe once a year because we see them at the event awesome um you know it was hot i not gonna lie, that that sucks when it's got to be that hot in October, and it was humid too. Yeah, you know, and it was just like, fuck, this sucks. But we had, it's
0: it's already cooling off in Chicago. It's been eh, 40s. Today was 50, upper 50s, not too bad. So
1: during the day, we're lucky to get that. At night, we're still like we were in the mid 70s, but we're back up into the mid 80s again, and we're stuck there, dude. Probably. Uh, the weekend
0: when was the last warm day i don't remember when it was but it was within the last five seven days i mean chicago <laughs> it was 75 80 one day and it was 48 the next i mean that's wow chicago. that's it's, it's that's ridiculous. dramatic the joke that's is if dramatic. you don't like the weather in chicago wait 10 minutes and and it's honestly not that much of an exaggeration it's ridiculous the well i think
1: pretty- we've got a really cool thing coming up this weekend we got a solar eclipse due this weekend
0: Oh, yeah. Isn't it the one where you can see the ring of fire and, and yes. flame? And... Yes. I think it's actually a portal to the nine hells. Uh, oh, no. I'm waiting to see Tiamat's head come out of the moon.
1: Our our world is the portal to the nine hells. <laughs> our world is the nine hells. Nine hell, right? <laughs> Everything going on, no shit.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah. Very, very uh, very So true. what you got going on, Brian? Um, not too much, uh, end of boat season. So we're putting the boat away, uh, probably next week. Um, yeah. that's another thing. We always try to squeeze, squeeze uh, as much as uh, we like can. Like a last minute it. boat weekend in there. Yeah. And that. then it's, and then we're like, Oh, we got a couple of weeks to bring the boat down to the, to the boatyard, And then all of a sudden it's 40 degrees and you're doing it, uh, like yeah. the North doing it's cold but, as shit. Yeah. yeah but. Uh, you
1: know, it's only, oh, been poor
0: yeah, it's only been 20 times since I've taken my yacht down in the cold. I, uh, I, I yeah, guess I don't maybe, deal you know, with it. It's um, not like,
1: you know, you don't come down to the finer yacht club of pomp <laughs> and damsels <laughs> and enough. just come and have, kind of nosh on some food and have some wine down right. here at the yacht.
0: Um Otherwise, uh, just busy as shit. A lot of critical role work. Um, yeah. So not complaining about that. Well, their that. deadline's coming up for one.
1: Candela Obscura. Their deadline for Obscura is due within the next month, I think, in November. Is um, it? I still yeah, have most,
0: no idea when the actual release date
1: According to Darrington Press and what they have posted on their webpage, they said late... Uh, 2023 is still the date that's up there. Um, I made some inquiries, tried to talk to that empty void of a place called Darrington Press where people (laughs) never get back to you, which is funny as fuck. I know. Um, They're just
0: fucking busy as shit.
1: Yeah, Um, but you know what? Take a minute just to reply
0: and say, yep, Uh, you're blah, blah, blah. Well, I'll uh, ask maybe. I I answer 100 DMs a day. So I hey I that's I'm the same way. I twelve thirty
1: one is still late twenty twenty three. That is that's true. the last day of Yeah. twenty three. It'll late. be
0: twelve thirty one at eleven fifty nine. Boom. Yeah, drops. yeah, boom, it drops. Um what was I saying? No, I'm the same way. I, I'll answer somebody right away just to say yeah. I can't answer now, but you know, whatever. Um yeah. maybe I'll ask uh, Alex tomorrow. I don't know what the release date is. If I did, I'd tell you because it's not a secret yeah. anymore, but right. um, but uh wrapped up that Mortal Kombat one shot they're doing. So now we're move they're moving on to another one. So I'm doing overlays for that. I don't I can't tell you which one that is again, but it is another partnership uh one shot. Um, on on you know borrowing from somebody else's IP, so that's pretty cool. Uh, and then working on a board game, and I think I can tell you this because it's going to be out for play test. Oh, this is the one I told you about. So there's a board game coming out called Guardians of Matrimonia, and it is what Matt Mercer and Marisha Ray designed for their wedding, Uh-oh. and then as kind of like a like a uh, I think I, I think I don't know if they did it as like a guest. Um, favor or something to actually play or something like that. But anyway, Darrington picked it up. Obviously not, you know, they're all the same right. family, but Darrington uh, took hold of it and is publishing it now as a full on board game It's a really awesome idea. So it's a wedding under the, under the umbrella of like D and D. So you have. So uh, kind of like
1: you, that one shot they did with, um, uh, Vox
0: Machnia when they did the
1: wedding. Yes. Almost
0: kind of like that. Kind of, yeah. yeah. So you have to put out emergencies throughout the wedding and keep the spouses and the guests happy. Oh and it's God, all like terrible. D&D theme. It's It's a really... Cute game. Is it so, a? It's a board game. It's though, a right? board game. Yes, gotcha. it's not a role gotcha. playing game. Is it a board game? Goblin show game. up and they eat half the cake. What do you do? Yeah. So uh, <laughs> we're doing prototypes for that. Or I should I shouldn't say we. I'm I'm not that much of a we yet. Yeah. They are doing prototypes to play test. That should be out uh, pretty soon too. So, um, so yeah, I just been just been busy. So trying to keep my head above water, which is a good thing. Very cool. So yeah. Um okay, so uh what were we you talking get, about? I, I don't I don't I don't remember. <laughs> we've talked about like between between this past uh 11 minutes and the and the 20 minutes yeah, right? we started, we've so, talked about 80 things already. So how do you prep
1: a session? How do you prep a zero session f- for newer players and getting them interested and keeping them interested? And how do you do the same thing with your veteran players? Like what are those uh, well, expectations got to hit to kind of
0: get them to stay involved and get involved, I think. Well, I, I wonder, so my, so my initial question for the, for the, oh. for the new player is even before the zero session, how do you get somebody to that zero session? Cause again, a lot of people are, are apprehensive about playing a role-playing game because if you've never played a role-playing game before, it, it is very different from any other game or group yeah. activity, um, you know, that, that you would normally do, um, you know, at like a game night or a gathering or whatever. So I think, like I said, a lot of people, I think still have some um, anxiety towards even trying it because I don't know how to play I'm not good at role-playing. I don't know what the rules are, that type right. of thing. Right. The um, insurmountable
1: challenge of getting introverted-minded people to kind of like get that introverted nature and the and the absolute crushing fear of public speaking kind of like out of their head. And it's interesting because me and my, uh, my friend Drew had this conversation over the weekend because I'll be – teaching a class at their game store. So they run a game store called SideQuest out of Pomona. uh, And they asked me to help guest host. uh, uh, They call it the DM Academy, which is they get a lot of local interest around them, have them come in and they're mentoring these people, you know, these folks to become DMs. So a lot of these things are going to be very reticent to what I'm going to be talking about um, this Sunday to that group. My mm. son will be there as well, so it'll be kind of fun. Oh, awesome. Um, I think you have to recognize the biggest challenge is finding a group. We know this, right, is finding a yes. group. As someone willing to run a group, you have to recognize that it's either going to be by spontaneity or it's going to be through a local game store or somehow you come across a remote opportunity to run a game. And then in your mind, you have to ask yourself, do I want to feel more comfortable running a game for friends and family? Or is it going to be more comfortable for me if I do it for strangers? You know, because now what you're trying to do is in your mind, <clears throat> brand new players who are strangers, are my odds going to be better with that group? Like, Like, am I going to feel more comfortable? Am I going to be able to do the work without, you know, feeling this crushing sense of, you know, doubt and, uh, and, and self-annihilation that I'm no good. at <laughs> Annihilation.
0: What right? well, is, you know, cause yeah, no, I, I, yeah, it's, you said, you, know, you want to
1: do well. You want people to have fun. You want people to enjoy themselves They're, You know, you're looking at, you know, a, an opportunity of three to four hours of time that they're willing to share with you. And, and, and you're thinking to yourself in that very first session, zero session when you're looking at your table looking at your screen or looking at the group that you're interacting with how many veterans do i have how many new players do i have what are there? you know and i I think there's a couple kind of interesting things you can do to prep for that zero session one of the things that's gotten really popular is a questionnaire a very simple like 10-step questionnaire hey what got you involved what do you like to do you know what uh You know, what are your expectations coming into this? You know, just like little simple Mm -hmm. uh, gate checks that allow the DM to have a little bit more knowledge, a little bit more understanding of what's coming to the table or coming to the screen, depending on how they're running that game. Um, The other thing that could be really helpful is, you know, once again, dig into the culture of the table. Do you have a lot of anime people? Do you have a lot of... You know fantasy people what culture do they like do they like sci-fi do they like fiction do they like historical fiction like what's the culture vibe at the table you know what can i do in the zero session to to do all that and then be honest about the backstories i i don't think backstories get used enough and i think that is always the best way or at least one of the most effective ways to keep people hooked keep them tied in keep them feeling like not only am I having fun, but the DM has taken a lot of extra effort to somehow bring my backstory into the equation and therefore make it so that I feel both immersed and committed to what I'm trying to get out of this game. And I would argue that Zero Session could be used for any role-playing game. To be, you know, oh, any, any, any role-playing game, regardless of the dozen or so systems that are out there. A zero session is designed to help you get the understanding of the players and get it level set to the idea of the either campaign or one shot that you're attempting to run. Like I've been wrestling with how to roll out my Walking Dead game, and I think I'm going to roll it out as a one shot system. So I'm going to roll it out as my Monday night one shot, where mm-hmm. you know people can sign up, um, join me for a Monday night one shot on uh, you know Walking Dead. Where I can teach them the system, and then we have a quick one shot, two and a half hour one shot. Uh, not a whole lot of investment in the character, so the mechanics become center stage. And I think with newer uh, players, that's the.
0: Do you have a date for that, by the way? Um,
1: some I'm thinking November or December at this
0: point. Okay, the November. If, I'm, if or I'm in town, I got a couple couple short weekend trips, but if I'm in town, I I would love to play that.
1: And it would be Monday from three yeah. to six. So it's not a horrible time so- zone for you. either. No, that, w- that works. Oh so, yeah, that would be a lot of
0: fun. All right, let so, me know when that when that's happening. I'd like to join. Yeah, up.
1: once I get it posted on the new RPG website, I'll, I'll get it out to people. Okay. Um, but yeah, so like to me, I actually this is going to sound a little um, overly self confident. I think getting new players. Um, Invested, I think, is a lot easier to do than getting veteran players
0: invested. Oh, I um, I, I fully agree.
1: You know, Absolutely. and I I've tried and I've done well with a lot of veteran players. And I think there, there's a handful of players that I would call veteran players from second edition. Um, and I think they were genuinely surprised at how much fun 5th edition was being made. Mm-hmm. But I think for veteran p- players, there's a lot more effort, a lot more prep, and a lot more organization for those groups yeah. than there is with the newer groups. Because yeah. the newer groups are going to be more fixated on mechanics. right? Because they don't know how the game runs. And once they realize that the role-playing is always going to be optional <laughs> anyways, I think it decompresses the angst, it gets rid of that tension that natural introverts have about role-playing, but I don't think we should stop them from, you know, one of my pieces of advice to this group on Sunday is going to be, Hey, if you're in college, take a speech course, you know, take speech Mm -hmm. 20, 30 or 40 and learn to speak in front of groups through your Mm -hmm. collegiate
0: program. Or improv Um, or sketch writing, any of that stuff. like,
1: Like take, take theater, take, take a, you know, a sing class or, Take, I guess to summarize it, take something that you're afraid of and try doing it, see what mm-hmm. happens, you know, and see if it breaks the idea of that tension and that introverted kind of, no, I don't want to, no, I don't want to do that, you know, kind mm-hmm. of, kind of vibe. I mean, yeah. how do you approach
0: newer versus veteran players uh, when it comes to getting so them I, locked and hooked in? I, I love everything that you said. I think that's really, um, that's I, I I operate similarly uh, since I've started doing Zero Sessions, which is the same thing, talk about your backstory. Mostly it's just sitting down and talking about the characters, the backstories. I like what you said about get a feel for what kind of cultures and genres they have. Even if you're hmm. playing, let's say you're playing d but people like sci-fi, you could kind of, you know, you could always put that undertone um, well, it, especially or... with uh, Spelljammer,
1: right? Spelljammer yeah, can exactly. give you a little bit exactly. of sci-fi flavor. Or, or if they like or horror, Eberron, you can do... yeah, Eberron, or if you're playing an actual sci-fi game, Aliens. Exactly. Uh, if you're playing the Aliens role-playing game, yeah. Yeah, so I, I like that.
0: Um, so I, I do very similar what you do. Um, one, now, now, in talking to this guy, I, I realized that there's even a step, bef- like I said, before the Zero session, which is, yeah, me and my wife and my oldest son and my brother and, and a couple that we know we want to play, but none of us have ever played D&D. So so they don't necessarily have the looking for game. This is a, This is a very specific scenario, but they don't. Right, right. They have the people to play. They know the people. So there's no anxiety in terms of... I'm going to make a fool of myself speaking in front of strangers. It's more so, like I said, I don't know how to play a role playing game and I don't know how to role play. Um, and I find with that, uh, my answer really is, is quite simple to them. It, you know, if you're interested, then you should just play. You don't need to read a book. You don't need to rules. It, it's as simple as you will learn by playing. Okay. There are people who have been playing for 30, 40 years who still have to look up rules. It's not one of those games where you know everything. I mean, Matt Mercer looks up rules constantly. You know, uh, Sam Regal's been playing for how many years now and he still has to ask how many dice is that or, you know, that type of shit. And it doesn't matter. You know, it's not like you are doing a music recital and if you screw up notes, People are going to know about it, you know, and right, add, like, right. fingers on a chalkboard. It's not like that at all. Um, yeah. Um, people you're, will, the yeah. System, you're probably an ace
1: role player already. Yeah. Exactly. And I
0: think that is what that is where that anxiety comes is people don't know what a role playing game, what playing a role playing game is about. You know, it's not.
1: I actually think the problem is they think they know.
0: Well, that could be it too. It's like, uh, do I have to dress up in chainmail and and get up and give a Shakespearean soliloquy? Or or, you know, know, I because I enjoy watching it on YouTube. I watch
1: twenty different, you know, people playing. Like I hate to tell you this, but ninety nine percent of them are all professional actors and actresses. Yeah, well, you're watching. You know, and I never tell people.
0: I will never say go. You know, go watch Critical Role because no.
1: Yeah, I mean the latest trend since the explosion of the Critical Role Show, has been people are using the the role-playing platform as a way to launch their own personal acting careers, right? I mean, it's even trended into Baldur's Gate 3 where you have the voice actors kind of like jumping on the coattails of the popularity of it, and they're playing a a walkthrough BG3 game. yeah, Like, because they know a lot of people, you know, they get half a million subscribers just watching them play that Mm -hmm. game. And they're like, oh my, you know, I just watched Momo O'Brien's, her uh, release came out today. I, I thought, I didn't know she was still on YouTube. So I was really happy to see that she is. And I immediately, you know, tracked down her page. And uh, I enjoy watching Momo because she reminds mm-hmm. me of that uh, millennial generation on the younger side that is still finding their journey in this space. And she's funny um, and I enjoy it. You know, mm-hmm. and I think that kind of energy, if you could translate it into the angst and, and help use that kind of energy to penetrate like Ginny D does it like with her performances. Right. Mm-hmm. She's she's clearly they both fixate on the idea how can I make something fun and get people away from the concern? Like if you're already sitting around a table going, oh, man, this is too much. I can't do this. Yeah. I'm freaking out, you know, then walk away and try it again another day it's okay to walk away
0: if something's like absolutely but but even but but yeah the the trick is getting them to the table and trying it you know and most of the time i think it's pretty rare that it doesn't work out i mean 9.9 times out of 10 if you get a group like i'm talking about together and they play you know they're gonna say oh i like this and guess what now you're a role player so I, you know, yeah. so sometimes there's that hurdle of getting people to the table. And and like I said, I keep it in that situation. I keep it as short and sweet. I don't start going into rules or mechanics or even even on an overview level. Right. Because that is all going to be like over their head. It's just about getting to the table. Try right. it. You'll like it. There's no big secret to it. You're just telling a story you know, and you're yeah. part of the story. And some people are, you know, if you're not comfortable speaking, then you'd be the sneaky rogue in the corner, the soft-spoken rogue who, you know, who only speaks when he's got something important to say. I mean, there's there's many ways to kind of get people um, past that first hurdle, which is actually sitting down at the table and trying the game. Beyond that, you're, everything you said about Session Zero is pretty much how I operate also. And I think yeah, Session is
1: I think, I think it's interesting when you talk about how to even get people to talk about it, right? It's like, yeah. yeah, I have a lot of conversations about the game with people who are either kind of playing or want to try and play. What's interesting, though, is in the mix of that conversation is a whole lot of yeah, but I'm not sure what day. or, you know, that 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 typical kind of self kind of deprecating angst
0: of Yeah, sure. I'm excited about it, but I'm way too introverted to actually do it. And that's right. And that's what I mean. And and that's where I say, you know, you got to somebody has to basically take the reins. And that's generally the DM. Like, look, I've been playing this for a while. I know how to DM. Let me, you know, run you guys through something. Just just try it. You know, just try it. I mean, if you if you have to bet if some. So we're assuming that these people want to do this, okay? But right. Because the conversation is, oh, yeah, D&D, I know it. I've heard about it, but I've never played I've always wanted to.
1: Right. If you've right. got to
0: beg somebody to play, it's probably not their thing, and it's not worth the time. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So this is assuming
0: the interest is there. It's just, I don't know how to get a group together. I don't know what night we play. We don't. No one knows the rules, blah, blah, blah. You say, okay, I can do this for you, and we'll play Three sessions. we'll play one session and if you like it, we can do a couple more and more often than not, it turns into a two-year campaign.
1: Well, and I think you brought, brought up the other way to get people interested is you inform them as to what a one-shot is, right? You know, yeah, and, that too. Yeah. And, and, and discussing a one-shot I think helps a lot. I think another thing that I don't even use enough is um, uh, kind of what uh, uh, Three Miles was saying, you know, if BG3 is such a good opportunity to learn the game, recommend other games before they jump into that game, you know, like Mm -hmm. uh, maybe like, um, you know, the Temple of Elemental Evil board game, or, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, uh, play BG3 or play Diablo or Mm -hmm. play some of these immersive kind of um, computer role-playing games or board, you know, board games that skirt around the basics of it, but it's more about the lore and the mythology of it. And then whatever mechanic system that game is running
0: yeah yeah i mean a bit yeah i mean you i mean not that you homebrew board games nearly as much as a role-playing game but i think there are ways that you can utilize specific board games (laughs) yeah uh to to facilitate that um
1: i think a lot of times we tend to want to just jump right into a session zero conversation because we think just because someone's talked to us that means they want to play
0: yeah, and, and that's kind of what I'm getting per- at is... Yeah. So, when I was a kid, there was no such thing as session zero. You, you rolled a character... Well, there was, but we
1: just called it a,
0: a pre-party. It was yeah, a, kind of. It was a so now, party. a session zero, a much more thoughtful session zero is becoming the norm. So right. this is almost like a session beta, <laughs> if you will, you know, of even before session zero, a pre-zero of just, okay... Everybody, you want to play, let's just play. We'll pick a night. I'll run the game. Right, the first right. session will be talking about the game. Okay? We're not right. just going to jump in and roll dice. We will have a session that introduces you. So that's how Yeah, I, it makes I, sense. Know, you
1: know. I, but I think, once again, we find ourselves falling back on the other challenge we have, which is, you know as you're talking to potential people that want to play, do they want to be a player? Do they want to be a DM? You know, we already know that there's both a national and international shortage for DMs
0: in general. But I think as you're having that, what I call cocky- You know, party- you, say, you say that and just what popped into my head was like Sally Struthers begging for, please support the DM global community. We need yeah, Yeah, right?
1: <laughs> there's. There's a with Sarah um, McLaughlin
0: in the background.
1: Yeah. <laughs> there's a I, I think one of the things that gets lost in translation um, is that even though whether or not you want to be a DM or player, the hardest thing it's the hardest thing to do is to help people understand what the game is. Like how yeah, how and what. There's no other game like it. No, and that's you what know, I was saying. There, well, there's a lot not- of games like it now, but in general. Yeah. There's no other game with its kind of lore history and its ubiquitous popular cultural history in multiple generations. Um, you know, I would I would equate it to like Monopoly, but without the boredom, right? You know, it, it's or the 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 kind of grind that Monopoly is. But it's Monopoly has transcended multiple cultures and generations, and you know, been around for a long time. D and D is transcendent, been around for a long time gone through many different iterations and you can have an 85 year old person and a 12 and a 12 or 15 year old person talking about the game and they may share enough common knowledge to talk about the game successfully so but to sit down at a dinner party and cocktail chat with a group of people they're like D, what's that right that's that's the practice that i don't get enough of because i find myself in circles of people that have already heard of it played it as a kid. Oh yeah. Oh, you do that professionally? Yeah, I used to play that as a kid.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, I do find that I'm pretty good at explaining it at a very base zero level like that to people. (laughs) 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 Um, (laughs) Because I I have had the conversation with people um, that, I mean, most people have heard of Dungeons and Dragons. I don't think I've ever met anybody who's never heard of the game mentioned.
1: I think this week has proven to be a
0: week of firsts. You never know. I don't know if I would say repetitive, but, <laughs> um, but I, I think I've, I think I've actually gotten pretty adept at explaining at a very basic level to somebody who has never seen or picked up a role-playing game mm. um, about what it is. I mean, that's, and and I think to your point, there, there is no other game like it because You pick up a board game, you read the rules, and you know how to play. Right. D&D or any other role-playing game, you know how to play mechanically, but there's nothing anywhere that says how to play a role-playing game, to my knowledge. I don't know if anybody's published a book. Well, I think the influencer... How to play a role-playing game.
1: I think the influencer community has tackled that, right, through their... Um, Yeah, absolutely. Nascent ways of trying to, what I call the... The explain train, right? Everybody yeah. wants to explain everything. Where yeah. I'm kind of more of a bigger fan of show, yes, or journey, or like, <clears throat> hey,
0: come over to my studio and let's talk about how you play this game. Well, and and exactly, and I'm the same way. I I will explain what the game is about, but I won't go into how to play, right, even at a right. basic level, until we're sitting down at the table. And I'm not, and I'm not saying. I'm not suggesting that nobody has tackled this because you're right. It is, it has been and is and yeah. it will continue to be tackled in the social channel. I just kind of wanted to bring it to light that uh, makes sense. tonight, um, given that question that I got last weekend. Um
1: yeah, coming into D D without a frame of reference. That's that's, and really and that's
0: basically the gist of this, is with yeah. no frame of reference. Because in our world, everybody's got a frame of reference, so it's easy to take yeah. a lot for granted. But there are still a lot of people, believe it or not, I don't know who they are, morons who have <laughs> <laughs> who have no Quit frame of reference. Cam, rant cam, rant cam. <laughs> who have no frame of reference. So giving them that frame of reference is a step before even a session zero, as far as I'm concerned. And and yeah. obviously, um I need to be taught something <laughs> through the rant. I don't know. <laughs> Colin, next time we play, I'll reach to the camera and smack you a couple times. You're doing it wrong! Um, Speaking of, um, Colin's party and I last night uh, are embarking on the final chapter in the Tyranny of Dragons. Uh, Uh, Dude, how long long has our campaign been? I think it's been three years, right? I'm pretty sure Dungeon Daddy means something else. (laughs) I'm pretty sure. Uh yeah, 3 years. 3 years this campaign is going and we are on the last chapter. Um and uh it's it's going to be messy. It's going to be epic. I have a GMAT uh, model here you should borrow. I was I was actually cuz I don't. All I've got is a Funko Pop <laughs> one. Yeah, yeah. And it's yeah. not big enough. Uh, yeah. I was gonna ask you if you could if you could mail me your TML. Yeah, it I'll probably just, only cost you 120 bucks and then 120 I for me to send it back to you. So I might as well just send you 120 dollars, you take your hundred and twenty dollars and just buy and one. Buy one. <laughs> Say for his TM. Fine. Um, no, yeah. but uh so here's an example. So so Colin, I forget. When you started playing, was that the first time that you played, or was it the first time in a lot of years that you played? Because I remember you came in pretty fresh, not knowing a lot, and you picked it up exceptionally quickly. First time. So there you go. So Colin was a first time player. Um, and I don't, I think I remember you and I talked briefly, kind of a- along these lines about. Um, Right, that was our our side game. I I had a second campaign going for when people missed, but schedules in the summer became even more convoluted, so then we were missing two campaigns, so we quit the other campaign. Um, Right. Um, But I think we kind of did the same thing. Uh, I mean, you had done your research a little bit before, so so again, you did have a little bit of frame of reference, but in terms of playing, you had never played. And you and, and Colin and I spoke a lot, you know, via chat and whatnot, and I think even on the phone a couple of times, just about like, you know, here's how I think this this works as a role playing game. Am I right? You know, what blah blah blah. And we had that that discourse back and forth. And like I said, you jumped in and within three sessions you were like you were already correcting other players at the table. So um all of, C- <laughs>
1: all of CR- <laughs> Well but I mean I mean that makes Season two was Mighty Nine, correct? That was yes. Season two? Which, in yeah. my
0: opinion, is still the best. Um, well, kind of drunk. they were a lot drunkier. <laughs> no, he's talking two. about our our group. Oh, you're
1: <laughs> But I would argue, you know, Marissa uh, Marisha is uh, a fan of the uh, of the of the ganja, you know, so. Um, they used to drink a little bit more with the, the, the Mighty um, or the, yeah, the Mighty Machina. Nine group. Or, no, the Mighty Nine group. I think the Vox oh, okay. Machnia group, um, while they did it at the first portion of the season, as soon as they realized that they were on a roller coaster, like, and I think dealing with the one guy um, yeah. who played the Dragonborn character. Yeah. I think uh, they were. Ryan
0: Acaba. Yeah, I think they Who well, really I've spoken to in, by the way. Oh, you have? Yeah. Have Interesting. Yeah. Not about that because I right. didn't, I didn't get to know him well enough. I didn't Is to he healthy? Him to Is he healthy? Yeah. Very oh, much good.
1: so. Yeah. So you, would you consider him sober?
0: I think so. No, <laughs> yeah, I do think so. It's hard to know, right? It's yeah. Hard to know. But again, I didn't talk to him well enough to say, yeah, I, yeah he's a friend of yeah. mine. But he's a voice um, actor, right? He's he is, still a yes. voice actor. He is still yeah. a voice actor. Yeah. yeah, that's good. I'm glad he's still working. Um, but I think he has moved on. He has cleaned up and and whatnot. Um, but I I mean, you know, from critical role standpoint, I get it. They 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 do a very good job of keeping their nose as clean as absolutely possible for very yeah. good reasons. So um, I think
1: I still think there's a lot of value to people watching those games. I just yeah. think it becomes a lot more uh, a, a higher challenge of the potential game master or DM to set a proper expectation.
0: I was just like that, to that's, set. that's a expect- little bit of an yeah. unrealistic expectation. Yeah,
1: I mean, my tables have all been very fortunate because I've got 40 plus years or yeah, 42 years or, or more of playing and I've probably played it poorly more than then great. I would say my game has peaked within the last 10 years for sure. Mm-hmm. But that's because I can finally come to terms with the fact that I love DMing. Like yeah. I'm like, I, I have a passion for it enough of a passion to do it for a living. Um, and I, I know I do it well and I have to learn to tell myself that because my brain
0: constantly tells me I don't do it well.
1: Well, you know? that's, and, I mean, and, that's
0: all of us in everything we do.
1: Creatively. Yeah. So I think, I think getting newer players involved once you get past the cocktail conversation and they actually show up to the table, I think their investment is a lot easier to manage and predict. I think you're you're going to have an easier time of it.
0: Yes, Um, I agree. Uh, Three Miles brings up an interesting point, and I have done this before too. Um, I have talked to each player or at least some of the players you know, some some players just don't have an idea about backstories and whatnot, and it kind of forms as they play, which is fine. Some have ideas about backstory, and, and I have had singular conversations about that. And then right. through those backstories, figure out how to start the game. Like, okay, you're two characters starting together because you know each other. You're off on your own. These two know each other, and here's why you're coming together. Instead of the classic, oh, you're all in a tavern, uh, you know, join, right. type join. <laughs> and I've,
1: I've always had a higher degree of appreciation for that method. Um, like, I just recently rebooted a campaign. Like, they hit the Midway arc, they destroyed a central figure, at least they think they've destroyed a central figure, and they're currently stepping into the multiverse, Okay. by stepping into the multiverse, they go back to the singularity of their first interaction with the beginning of their arc, but they're minus two players. Uh, well, they're minus three characters. We still have or two characters. We still have the players, but two of the players decided to roll something different for the reboot of the last second half of the arc. Interesting. Um, and I think that helped me keep their interest because you know they're level 13 players they've been with me for over four years so you start transcending out of the newer community and into the veteran community i think it's a lot easier to get them to a session zero i think the hardest part about a veteran community is
0: keeping their interest it's the hardest and part. that was a perfect segue uh, let me just yeah. address this this is a good okay. point you know Watch, a critical, yeah, I love that. Yeah, I'm not saying I'm not saying don't watch Critical Role because you know it'll right, it'll, it'll give your expectations you know uh, a shot of cocaine, <laughs> you know, yeah. and then you'll never you know you'll only want that, not, not at all. Um, But it is good to know, and this is a good point that role playing in a role playing game does not have to be a theatrical you know drama experience, right? Right. I mean, it it can be. Uh, any. Um, but yeah, so your segue into veteran players or higher level character players. Um, I think, uh, you know, I've said it before. I, I personally as a player, enjoy levels like seven through 12 or even 11. Um, you know, six through ten, 11, that type of that type of range, uh, the best. And even I find myself, once I get into the teens, um, and certainly, you know, uh, my, I, you know, in one campaign, I've got a 18th level warlock, it, it is hard even as a player to maintain to that immersed, excitement yeah. and to stay immersed. And I think it's even yeah. harder for a DM to facilitate that, um, you know, not only because a three year campaign might be too long for some people right. playing the same right. character might become boring. But as a DM, I think one of the greatest challenges is uh, meeting out a, uh, an, a proper challenge level for your party. And it doesn't always follow the formula of challenge rating, you know? Right, right. Um, especially like now, you know, I had everybody level up to 20 for this final chapter of Tyranny of Dragons. It's really fucking hard to challenge five 20th level players. I mean, they're fucking gods. A uh, Tarask or Tiamat could level the playing field. Okay, but getting up to Tiamat, <laughs> so this is the, you know, they've entered the, uh, spoiler alert for anybody who hasn't played tourney of Dragons and wants to play it, okay? They've entered the, temp, the well of dragons and, right. you know, and the ritual is started, okay, to pull Tiamat right. out of hell. There is a chance that they can... Uh, Colin, close your ears. There's a chance that they can stop the ritual, but that's not going to fucking happen because we've been playing for three years. You think I'm not going to have them fight Tiamat? But even
1: even Well, well stop there. Stop there that. because I, bring, I think that brings up... Uh, I think that brings up an interesting point. Can you remain neutral enough to not tweak the outcome to make sure they get there i can i have no problem with that
0: i it, it de- i don't know it depends on the story that i'm running or telling
1: well you just you know stated three years I of playing there's no way i'm not gonna let them get to the T
0: well i mean okay colin let me ask you would you want to end this campaign with uh we stopped the ritual T doesn't show up I mean, it's still a conclusion. I'm waiting they for
1: the answer. <laughs> still, technically, win. I yeah, mean, yeah, no, I, I, just, I know,
0: I know, and and if they do, I'm not going. It's more of a Brian problem than a player. It problem. probably is. I'm guessing they all <laughs> want to fight Tiamat, and I think I'm pretty on the nose with that assumption. If if that's the way it goes, so be it. Okay, um, but I'm not going to help them. Make well, sure here's the thing I've noticed with some of my, but my point, players. My point is, though, there's a whole mess of shit that they have to fight before she comes out. And it's not low-level shit. And so far, right. they're wiping the floor with it. So, that brings so, up an interesting point to the idea of the high-level character. Mm-hmm.
1: What I have noticed that not only allows the veteran high-level characters to stay immersed, but there's ways you can layer the cake... So that when they finally get there, they're like, oh, fuck, we're really fucked up. I, I don't know yeah. if we're going to, you know. <clears throat> and, I, and I've and found that they have a that a lot of my veteran players and players that have been playing for 5, 10, 15, 20 years. They actually appreciate that creative way. Yeah, that They have to grind through puzzles and traps and different things to get to that final kind of end of the story. And at the end of the story... Like, I'll typically tell the players, hey, this is it. This is the last day of the arc. I've, writ- I've, writ- uh, you know, I've written four endings. Mm-hmm. And I think that helps them understand that I've been yeah. anticipating possibility with a little bit of probability mixed in so that they immediately understand that it's not about how I choose to end it. It's about how they choose. Oh, so
0: it. don't get me <clears throat> wrong. I'm not saying that I want to pit them against him. i got it on video. That's exactly what yeah. you said. <laughs> I have never said such a thing. That is a, a deep fake uh, <laughs> video. <laughs> yeah. Rewind. Uh, that's my
1: rewind effect. Yeah. <laughs> you don't think I actually uh, played this game for three years for ha- to have them not fight Tia no, That's exactly I, what
0: you said. I, that statement was not for my <laughs> Uh, entertainment. Your
1: edification?
0: My edification? It is, my assumption is that none of the five or six of them want to end this campaign without fighting I fair. I will not railroad a story uh, to that point, okay? I'm just saying, yeah, I, I, I misspoke. Right. It sounded like, well, they're going to fight this no matter what because it's what I want to do. No, no, no. Right. I'm just saying from their standpoint, I'm assuming that they all want to fight TMA, okay? Mm. Um, But you bring up a good point, which is more than just a straight up, okay, what can I challenge them with? You know, uh, uh, there's this many of them, they've got this many hit points, yada, 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 blah, blah, blah. Um, Of the kind of the grind to get up there. um, You know, so when you get there, everybody's not fresh and everybody's got half their hit points gone, half their spell slots gone and whatnot. Um, Right. So that is, that is, uh, you know, a a tool there. And I, and again, as a player at those levels, I kind of feel the same way. It's like, you know, eh, I'm not going to die. I've got so many fucking hit points. You know, we're fighting three mind flayers and a beholder, big deal. You know, I might get down to 40 hit points. Um, so yeah, there is that aspect of, again, I think I guess what I'm getting at is I think keeping them challenged is part of what keeps them immersed. And I think that in a, in and of itself can be a challenge for a DM.
1: Yeah. And I, you know, it, it may offer a, the question, <laughs> does a veteran DM have an easier time with veteran players? Does a veteran DM have a harder time with, net new players it's a it's a difficult question to ask you know to kind of
0: ascertain the data that is, because that is you know, a really the good data question. i've never asked that of myself you
1: know the, the data tells us that a lot of people are playing this game yeah the data tells us that a lot of people have always been playing this game for the last 40 years and you know it boils down to one of the remaining challenges whether you're a new player or you know a veteran player can you tell the difference between playing the game and not playing the game just because you're playing a game where maybe your character's treated poorly within the idea of the game doesn't mean the dm or the other player hate you in real life and i think sometimes you know a lot of people will have a hard time seeing those differences They're like mm-hmm. oh my god he's being so mean to my goblin he must he must <laughs> really hate me it's like no my my wizard is insane and he's trying to recruit your goblin to go into a secret tomb and retrieve a gem that i know will allow me to take over the world i'm just trying to convince him but should you stop and explain that is there mm-hmm. value to explaining that you know what i mean is there is there value to that cha- challenge yeah makes pc death very hard i, I i've had a couple pet players like Almost break into tears when their, you know, their character died.
0: Well, and um, to me, that it's a good thing because that shows that they were still engaged and immersed in the game. Yeah, you yeah. know,
1: I mean, to be but honest, they need we... to
0: still be able to disengage too. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, and I I'm worry saying, about that. I'm not saying it's healthy that. to go into a deep depression because your goblin died.
1: I walk over to one of my players' houses and see the inside of their house painted in the kind of scheme of their character. <laughs> You know their character they've been playing for five yeah. years, I'd be
0: like, "Oh shit!" I mean, to be perfectly okay. honest, once I reach and I've learned this with my with my warlock, you know, once I reach 18th level, 19th level, it's kind of like if my guy died at 10th level, I'd be really fucking upset. If he dies at 18th, I'm like, "Eh, fine, eh. I'll, I'll roll a new character and we'll start yeah. something else." To be honest, well, and
1: I think and I think that encourages more one shots more side quests more yeah like did a one shot with with people's backstory as a prequel Mm -hmm. you know so i took something out of their collective backstory and they were playing other characters and they played those other characters in that collective prequel so they're still tied into it by their backstory for their other characters but they got to play something different for once yeah they weren't overly invested because if you're Character dies in a one shot. Eh, you know, no biggie. Yeah. It happens. You know. I, I think
0: that's I, I think that's a really good approach that you have because some of those one shots can turn into awesome story arcs or campaigns in and of themselves. Yeah, It also kind of leads back to that anthology style of narrative play that you've talked about, that we've talked about.
1: Yeah, I, um, I, I think we're going to experiment with that with The Walking Dead game. Yeah, And what I was thinking is there was this really short-lived series on TV. It was called Way of the Gun or The Gun or something like that. Mm-hmm. It was all about this gun moving from person to person to person to person and the experience that those people were having with that gun. Cool. It was like an anthology of an item that was passing yeah. through, gen, you know, generations and and, and uh, of people's hands and stuff. And I was only, and then Love, Death, Robots really oh piqued my God, interest I in, in an anthology. That. Right? I love um, that. Yeah. And how cool would it be to run an anthology one shot? That at the end of the series of one shots that you run, that becomes the origin of a campaign arc. Yeah. I mean, how much totally. fun would that be? That would a be lot fantastic. Of fun. Yeah.
0: Well, then, you can also, then you can also get in, And we've talked about this before and we keep coming back to it because it's such an exciting proposition to me, at least that that could also lead into a multiverse, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. So you're playing D&D, but then, oh, guess what? Now you're playing Walking Dead. Now you're playing. And for Blue, newer and players
1: aliens. and for newer players and newer DMs that might have a, uh, a comic book fixation. Yeah, I think. Playing in a multiverse setting is a lot more forgiving than playing in a kind of established arc that may not be as forgiving for a newer yeah. group of people just yeah. going out there to play for
0: but the that's first an, time. That's an interesting way in light of keeping people, uh, no, not Spelljammer because it sucks. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> well, old spelljammers is fine. Spell. Yeah. Yeah. Which is um, The idea the of Spelljammer, Spelljammer is awesome. Um, yeah. But in light of keeping people engaged, you know, that opens up the really interesting prospect of, yeah, we're playing D and D for a while. We kind of want to change up a little bit, but we still like our story. Cause you know, sometimes when you, when you put a campaign on pause, sometimes it just never gets going again. You know?
1: Yeah, it's been a long time since that's happened, but I'm always very mindful of it. Yeah, And I think as a newer player, newer DM, and, and the idea of keeping veteran players involved, I think that's where technology helps a lot. Um, Discord um, helps a lot. You can keep conversations going while you're on the break. Sure, sure. Um, you know, uh, creating Facebook groups or mm-hmm. chat groups or WhatsApp groups to kind of stay in contact with each other. Um, I took a long break with my Candela Obscura group, right? We took almost three weeks off. Um, and I built them a dossier file. Um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's There's an actual name for that method, and I can't think of it right now. But
0: Yeah, um, that would be awesome. So you uh, jump from D&D to aliens, but yet somehow they're still connected. I built a... So I, I I'm
1: building a template for my newer games because I have a little bit more time and my seat prices, you know, I want to make sure mm-hmm. that the seat prices, you know, hold their value. So what I'm doing now is I built a template book where for each of the newer games that I start, um, they'll get a chapter in a book, okay. right? So, cool. ba- so basically I'll, I'll wait till four sessions go by and I'll call those four sessions a chapter and then I'll summarize those four sessions in like a, a really nice book format, and keep adding pages to it. So at the you know uh, every month we do a recap based on the previous four sessions, but it also gives them a very tangible thing to review, so that they're not feeling overwhelmed by notes, or they're not feeling overwhelmed by lore drops, or they're worried about forgetting things, or they're maybe they want to see some imagery. So now they can have some imagery in there as well. That is you know? a
0: really fucking cool idea. And you know where my brain goes is the culmination of that <clears throat> becoming. You're basically writing an anthology book as you go. So
1: my Candela Obscura game that played today. Yeah. I'm calling the sessions chapters. And I just dropped them an eight chapter book summarizing. It's like a dossier format of all their previous activities. And I could tell the minute I sent that and the minute we started the session, all the angst about our long break went away because That's there wasn't awesome. a lot of note concerns. There wasn't yeah. any, oh, I forgot this, Yeah, I forgot that. And I think for newer players, newer DMs, and even veterans to a certain degree, the one thing that Matt has taught me very well is don't be afraid of the recap. Embrace the recap. It could be very, very helpful to an entire table to listen to your very kind of, um, uh, um, confident nature of your voice in recapping a previous session because that gives two things immediately to the table. It gives them the fact that they feel very well respected that I'm taking good notes. They feel respect for that. They don't feel like I'm tying everything together at the last minute to try to deliver some kind of, you know, immersive experience. The other thing too is it really decompresses the angst over Mm note-taking. Newer players could find that very rough. Yeah. There he you does. Go. I mean, I I mean, Kirk does really good note taking. I think he's like in a, like on page 100 of a 100 page notebook. You know, I mean, we've been playing together for two almost two years now. So, there's but that's part of that session 0. It gives you an opportunity to interact with players and go, "Hmm, you got the good note player vibe and you look like I'm going to have to hold uh, dangly keys to keep your attention, you know, and it does, it goes back to that very first time you get at the table. Mm -hmm. If you're fortunate enough to get through the party talk and the cocktail talk to actually get to a table, honestly, the rest can be get, can be easier. It can be easier. Mm -hmm. It's getting them out of the, Oh yeah, we should play. And they say that to you for 10 years. That's the hard part. Yeah. That's always the hard part.
0: And I think that to your point, I think that applies to both people who have never played and yet want to, yeah, and also sometimes to you know to veteran players that, you know that that for whatever reason, I mean, I took a really long hiatus from playing, you know, when when college happened and life happened and stuff like that, um, and then and then was pulled back into it. So I, yeah. yeah, I think it's I think it's applicable to both.
1: I would agree. One of these days, we'll pick a topic we disagree on. I don't know what it is, but we'll we'll figure it out. We
0: used to disagree a lot more. Did we? uh, I think we've been together so long, we've just kind of picked up each other. I thought we used to disagree. No, most of the time, I think we do pretty much agree. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I think
1: one of the few times we disagreed when we talk uh, uh, very differently about action economy, mechanics. yes. You know, yeah. we, we always have that disagreement. I, yeah. think, I yeah. think, and we can't say it's generational. I think it's genuine play style <laughs> difference. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think we've also kind of disagreed on occasion as to, um, you know, certain role aspects of a DM, you know, and um, certain things in there. But I think once again, we both grew up playing D&D in a very similar environment. And we both transitioned very well to five E.
0: Uh, we disagreed a yeah. little bit on on the crunchiness of mechanics.
1: And we disagreed on the milestone and XP. You love XP and I don't I no, milestone.
0: I don't use XP anymore. Well, not anymore, but traditionally you used to love XP. Do you not, that, you not since I was a kid. Since since I've started playing seriously again over the past yeah. I don't know how many years. There you I, go. I I haven't counted XP, and I disagree. Years. I think you're lying. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think we disagree a little bit on the crunchiness of mechanics. Yes, crunch. You, you're I, not I, a huge think, fan of crunch. No, I am. I think I'm more a fan of crunch as long as it is still supportive of narrative play. You mm. seem to be much more, uh, much more free form and narrative. Yes. Whereas I I like that. But I still like that on top of uh, a crunchy mechanic system. Yeah. You know? yeah. yeah. Why does that little hand keep popping up by your face?
1: Because you everything I
0: say is it, everything I say is on point. Is that a new right.
1: feature in Streamyard? I don't know. I would assume Kurt's doing that. Probably. No, I don't. I don't think so.
0: We disagree
1: about. Yeah, we disagree <laughs> on what you disagree on. I don't, well, know. I, don't know I don't know if you've noticed this. I don't know if you've noticed this. I want to see. This Is really cool, but
0: they added a new feature. Um, for uh, backgrounds. yeah, Colin, you're definitely a, a, a crunchy mechanic guy, but you're also really good at they Ooh. check it out. They added video, um, to your background
1: now that wow. so you can actually, um, I could do to, the flames. Yes, you can do the flames now, it's oh. really cool, oh, and yeah. It,
0: I, I love Streamyard, man. They really. Oh, it's freaking awesome. Streamyard is great. I've tried to convert ever since you converted me. I try yeah. to convert everybody I can to Streamyard. Yeah, people are like, it, people are like, really. We do a meeting the, in Microsoft Teams. I'm like, mm, how about Zoom? No, fuck Zoom. How about Streamyard? Streamyard. <laughs> you want to do a meeting in Streamyard? Yeah, I actually do. Yeah, it's it's just it's it a development awesome.
1: team that's done a really good job yeah. of listening to their community and well i'll have to rolling do out new stuff to the community forms, all the time our, yeah our lawfully do do forms. the flame video man yeah. that, that'll be cool mm-hmm. we'll put that in there all right
0: um well we did it we burnt yep, another it, hour yep. uh but so let weather. me ask you this i know we talked about taking a a winter break mm-hmm. um Do we want to stop this early or I kind of feel like we should do a couple more episodes or. No, no,
1: I think we should stop probably around the first week of Thanksgiving. Uh, okay. That way we're we're off Thanksgiving
0: until New Year's and then we'll come back with season three. Okay. For some reason I had thought you said around Halloween or before you wanted to. No,
1: no, I said around Halloween we should talk about. When we
0: think of it Oh my fucking God, going. remember WebEx. <laughs> Garbage. <laughs> oh, wow. Did Garbage. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> um, okay, well, in that case, um, we will figure out a topic for next week. Um, and uh, I guess we will uh, see. Where can we when... find you, Brian? Um, well, we do have announcements. I, w- I wasn't like ending, ending. Uh, do you have any? Oh, I don't know. You were doing that little churn that you do when you're slowing down. Uh, yeah, I know. And I, I kind of didn't mean that was actually in it early. <laughs> Believe it or not. you a fucking um, liar. Uh, we're uh, no, disagreeing not- <laughs> all manner of five <laughs> I minutes I disagree right now. about me. you telling me to lie <laughs> to you, fucker. Fucker. Um, I have a customer that since, oh my God. I would just say no. I, it's against my religion. I would get WebEx. a new customer. My rabbi oh, said I customer. can't use Webex. <laughs> you know what? Send your customer
1: an abacus and say, here, we'll do it on this. Yeah, right. <laughs> or some
0: fucking... Or an uh, a sketch. <laughs> <laughs> Webex. Oh, my God. I'd kill myself. Webex. Uh, <laughs> Jason, you got any an-
1: announcements? Um, check, go check out RPG. Um, uh, 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 RPG.net. Um. Uh, hold on let me let me put it in where this is technically the, so the RPG club which is rpgclub.net right we're which close. is the old d d club yeah we we are live so feel free to go check it out if you want to cool um we're working on a couple little bugs that have to deal with uh some billing cycles um but other than that it's looking great and it's it's looking stable and got oh. a lot of A lot of available games. I just posted a new Saturday game, and I just posted a new Sunday game. Uh, One is a Thieves Journey, and the other one is um,
0: New Frontiers. (laughs) Who the fuck are your customers?
1: Yeah, bro. Netscape? Is that still a thing?
0: Is that still around? (laughs) See, well, Internet (laughs) Minutes. What am I going to do with all I those still got I still got an 11 foot I still got an 11 high stack of AOL CDs.
1: <laughs> do you turn those into solar power panels now?
0: Big auto manufacturers. Well, there you go. That's why no, nobody's fucking car works. <laughs> um that's awesome. Yeah, so okay, so check out uh, RPG what is it rpgclub.net? Correct. Okay. Uh check that out. Um, I don't really have any more announcements. So I said them at the beginning of the show. And uh, um, where can we find you? You can find me at RPG and Co. Uh, at uh, at on inside of Instagram. That's the best place to reach me. Shoot me a DM. Check out my feed. Uh, also check out the website at Play RPG and Co. Uh, there's a whole bunch of apparel, some stickers and shwa- stickers swag. Um, and a lot of cool digital content, um, uh, a great deal of it from Jason, uh, some from me, a little bit from the bearded nerd. Um, and we are always trying to add more. Um, so yeah, check it out. Uh, go and, uh,
1: subscribe over at TTRPG Academy, either in YouTube or Twitch, go to the abouts and you'll find our discord, Instagram and all of our other feeds. Um, TPK,
0: Wait, when are we going to? I thought we already do cross cross link each other's sites. We just did that. I yeah. think
1: Kurt's in a bubble.
0: <laughs> look at your face. <laughs> Kurt, you want us to have the next episode on WebEx? <laughs> 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 on the sites. Oh. Yeah. You know what? That's actually, that's actually a good point. Okay. I,
1: I think when we uh, sit down during our break to start yeah. organizing season three, we yeah. have at least three major things that we want to work on. Yes. Um, we need a social manager. Yes. Um, we need to go from four channels to probably one or two channels. Yes. And we need to come up with a unified website um, to yes. kind of help, you know, uh, do, direct topics and stuff like that. So yeah, yeah there's, you know, the fact that we we're, we've almost made it through season two and we're still having fun doing it, I think was the great litmus test of whether or not we wanted to keep doing it. Um, and I think 2024 is just turning out to be a banger of a year. Folks It's gotta be great. It's gotta be
0: great. <laughs> we'll be doing this show from a fucking foxhole bunker.
1: <laughs> yeah. With an
0: orange green glow around us. <laughs> Okay. Oh uh boy. a soundboard. What do you mean a fucking soundboard? The sound is top-notch. It's the best thing about this fucking show.
1: <laughs> well, I think he's I think he means like the sound of a spring or a you know, like oh, production. Right. Oh, yes. Like yeah, like okay. production. Well, okay, work, once again, you know.
0: sorry you got me. You're right, I'm wrong. Uh yeah. yes, that would be uh it, it, well I have it, it's right here. I just don't fucking use it for that. <laughs> <laughs> So, yes, we will put that on the list for sure, is, uh, you know, the RAND cam effects and the, uh, oh, can you still hear me? Yeah, you just turned off your camera. No, I just turned off my camera. Um, no, I plugged in the uh, stream deck and it killed my feed. Well,
1: uh, anyway, oh, <laughs> there, there we are. go, different camera. There's your other Bye. angle, yeah. I- I've thought about putting in a stream deck, but I, you know, I've got five cameras and i don't really want to have to redo them during my studio game so i'll just be blunt i'm too fucking lazy for a stream deck i would rather pay somebody else to do it
0: Why be you you know oh, well so. yeah okay so let's add that to the list as a, <laughs> as a producer to run this show wow look how shitty the co- the, the camera is on my macbook compared to my life. well that doesn't surprise me it's a mac Dude. Okay, now we fucking disagree on something. <laughs> <Bitch>. <laughs> camera one, camera two, camera one, camera two. Too bad your stream deck doesn't work. <laughs> no, it works. I just don't, because I'm too fucking lazy. <laughs> <laughs> All, right, All right, Brian, TPK. Tell a story. Play a game. And be kind. Be kind. Thank you, everybody. Good Take night, it easy. Everybody.